Happy Thursday, everybody. Welcome to Get Your Goat. Josh here, and there is a lot of Week 15 matchups to get into. No more bye weeks in the NFL. You have to play through this final stretch, but there is a lot of teams in the NFL dealing with COVID issues right now. How will that affect the games, impact the games, with a lot of key starters going out? Then Lakers pull it off. In overtime last night, crazy game, Austin Reeves, game-winning three-point shot at the end, signing day, and now tomorrow starts bowl games for college football, more signing day additions as well. Spider-Man No Way Home comes out today. I mean, this is amazing. I have high expectations for that movie. I am looking forward to that very much. But first, the news that somehow was not shocking, and that came late last night. You know, before I had a chance to even uh, go to bed, I got the alert that Urban Meyer was fired from Jacksonville. And all I have to say is good riddance, Urban Meyer. Goodbye. Goodbye. I'm not going to miss you. I never liked this man uh, backdating to the days of, you know, really in Florida, this guy is not a good guy. The Some of the recruits he brought in in Florida, uh, you know, that were gang-related and, you know, killers and Aaron Hernandez-like people and kind of the state that he left the Florida program, then going to Ohio State uh, and hiring... You know, his friend and then the domestic violence assault, I think it was Zach Smith, one of his offensive coordinators. He didn't fire him right away uh, and just let that play out until it came abundantly clear that, hey, this guy needs to go. And then all those troubles, you know, decade long, follow him to the NFL, where he calls his assistant coaches losers, kicking the kicker. I mean, this guy is not... A good guy. Uh, I have an utter distaste for Urban Meyer. I am happy he's gone. To me, he's never left a good impression anywhere. The reason a lot of teams have stuck with him is because he he's wins. He wins his games. Uh, you know, if he would have left Ohio State, you know, I still would have had the distaste of the people he let on board. And, uh, you know, the last image is him winning the Rose Bowl his first ever then he goes to the NFL, and like I said, he hires another assistant coach that is racist as well. So he does all this, and the last impression you leave to me is usually the biggest impression, you know, the long-lasting impression. is What was the last thing that guy did? Well, it wasn't when 2-11 was his record, fired, disgraced, uh, man, I mean... I'm happy he's gone. I don't wish, you know, bad on anyone, but I am happy he is not in the NFL. Wasn't working as a good uh, NFL coach at all either, aside from the problems. I mean, all this turmoil. I mean, you had the Ohio bar, too, uh, dancing up with the girl that wasn't his wife. I mean, the off-field distractions were more than like any other coach combined this season. And then you have the poor play as well. You have the franchise quarterback and Trevor Lawrence 
And this team is dysfunctional on all levels. Uh, I feel bad for Shad Khan as well, uh, the owner for the Jaguars. But he cannot just pick a winner to save his life. I'm sorry, I have to say it. The man cannot pick a winner to save his life. Uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars, poor team, poor management, uh, hired a bad guy. And Urban Meyer, you reap what you sow, you get what you pay for, and you didn't get the best of a bunch. And now you have to leave with this kind of distaste in your mouth with Urban Meyer. So goodbye, Urban Meyer. And good riddance to you. Hopefully I never see you on the sideline of any game ever again for the rest of my life. Now moving on to the Week 15 matchup set. Start tonight, Thursday night football. Kansas City Chiefs, Los Angeles Chargers. Game for the division lead right now. Can you believe it? Kansas City's not there, nine and four, number one. Chargers are right there behind them at eight and five. They win tonight in LA. They're the division leaders. They're in the driver's seat. They control their own destiny. And if they win this game, I like the road ahead. The Texans, the Broncos, the Raiders. Now that is a nice finish. Whereas Kansas City, even if you win or if you lose, it's hard. To have that schedule lose like the Chargers. And you still play the Steelers and the Bengals and the Broncos. So I'd say a little bit more difficult. That is why this game is so pivotal tonight. And I'm rolling with the Kansas City Chiefs. And now you might be thinking, wow, you really rushed into that one. That was fast. I want to let you know I did not roll into this Kansas City pick uh, with 100% confidence. I'm really at 51-49 because, to me, Kansas City's offense hasn't been great. You know, their defense has really shouldered the load. You know, the only team they've been able to beat handily, you know, the past two months have been the Raiders. That's the one team, and they beat them twice. So that is it. You know, earlier in the year, the Los Angeles Chargers beat the Kansas City Chiefs, and it wasn't... You know, some kind of fluke beat. I thought they were in control early from that game up 14-0, allowed the Chiefs to come back. Uh, but they came back and win the game, the Los Angeles Chargers. So I've seen that. I know how good Justin Herbert is, one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL right now. He is having, from what I've seen, and statistically as well, he is having a better year than Patrick Mahomes. That's just the facts. He has a better completion percentage, better QBR. He's thrown more passing yards, thrown more touchdowns and less interceptions. Higher graded on pro football focus as well. He has been the better quarterback this year, just this year. All time, the past three years or, you know, the past two years, technically, we want to include that last year since that was Justin Herbert's first year. Of course, I'm going to pick Mahomes, but just this year, Herbert's been better. Austin Eckler is a key running back. Want to be best in the NFL. Way better than Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. They got receiving threats too. They got Keenan Allen, Mike Williams. I know Kansas City Chiefs have Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey. But to me, those haven't been the guys like last year. 
Now, why am I picking the Kansas City Chiefs when what I just broke down offensively makes me think I should pick the Chargers? Well, that's this. And that is the Kansas City Chiefs have been in this position time and time again the past few years against an AFC West opponent time and time again, and they always seem to come out on top. That's just how it works. Uh, You know, hope, you know, is based on evidence. You know, to me, it's not blind faith. You're just willingly going to throw hope out in the air because the Chiefs haven't demonstrated to, or the Chargers haven't demonstrated to me that they can beat the Chiefs in prime time to take the division lead. No, no team has done that to the Chiefs the past few years. So that is why, to me, you have to prove me wrong. So the Chargers have to prove me wrong tonight by winning this game. They can prove to me that, hey, they're the real deal. They're number one in the AFC West. They're the challenger to the Chiefs, the legit threat. But until that happens... I can't come in here with confidence and say the Los Angeles Chargers are going to win this game. I like Andy Reid. I think he'll game plan tremendously against Austin Eckler, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams. He'll come up with a game plan and ensure that the Kansas City Chiefs beat the Los Angeles Chargers. I've got confidence in that and in that to happen. That is why I'm rolling with the Chiefs. Now the Chargers can prove me wrong tonight, flip the script on its head. We'll see tonight, but I'm rolling with Kansas City. However, I'm worried. I am worried about Kansas City winning this game. I'm also worried about fantasy concerns because Patrick Mahomes has not been in his fantasy self other against the Raiders games. Like I said, do I start him? Do I not start him? I need the win this week. I need the win. Do I start him? You know, this this is tough right here. I mean, this is a real Mahomes debate. And in years past, this wouldn't even be a debate. But this year, Patrick Mahomes has made tonight a debate of whether I start him tonight. And it's a moment that I will either regret or be happy about. Then this weekend, we have two Saturday games in the NFL. These first one, the Las Vegas Raiders and... The Cleveland Browns. Initially, I was going to roll with the Browns, but the Browns have been hit hard with COVID. Baker Mayfield tested positive. Uh, Kevin Stefanski tested positive. I believe Jarvis Landry. I mean, everybody is testing positive. I believe we're going to have 11 starters out that game against the Raiders. So, coupled with that fact, I know the Raiders are on a tough two. Game slid right here, but the Raiders, can they get back on the horse and win this game? You know, the Cleveland offense got out to a hot hot start last week against the Ravens, and they just faltered, seemed complacent, and then they didn't score any points after halftime. So coupled with that fact, I think I might roll with the Raiders. I know the Browns have won before uh, this season without uh, Baker Mayfield. And Chubb, I mean, it was a great game against the Denver Broncos. But this is a different test and a different offense. This isn't the Denver Bronco offense. This is the Las Vegas Raider offense where Derek Carr has been slinging the football up and down the field. 
I mean, I think the Raiders might win this game. However, I have to give props because Miles Garrett, defensive player of your candidate, becomes the first Cleveland Brown ever to earn a 99 in Madden. Uh, that is just amazing. Congratulations to him. Closest one before him was the brilliant left tackle Joe Thomas, who peaked at 98. Miles Garrett joins the 99 club. Congratulations, Miles. You deserve it. Then Saturday night, the New England Patriots, Indianapolis Colts. What a primetime game this is. Saturday night, New England on a seven-game winning streak, longest in the NFL, going in against the uh, Colts, who to me have also been playing very well as of recently. These are two teams that are both off of their bye. Now, you're Bill Bel- or if you're the Colts, you got to think Bill Belichick is going to do everything he can to stop Jonathan Taylor. He's going to load up that box and force Carson Wentz to throw it, which isn't you know a bad plan because. Jonathan Taylor has been the best running back in the league this year because of a Derrick Henry injury. Let's make that clear. But Carson Wentz has been phenomenal this year in his role, uh, considering how many games would he even play? Would he even start after, you know, two ankle problems? Who knows? But I thought he has played great. You know, he had his moment a few weeks ago against the Buccaneers where he played great. An amazing first half against the Bucks. He lit this team up, but the interceptions, the fumbles, hurt him. He's going to have to play a much cleaner game against the New England Patriots if he were to win. If the Colts win this game, that is a huge, huge boost for this team moving forward. To me, that could get them right there in the playoff picture. I thought they would just miss it, but this game is huge for the Indianapolis Colts. I think this is a good matchup, too, for New England. This is a good test. You know, they just hand, handily beat the Bills, even though it was 14-10. to 10. The Patriots were in control. To me, this is the Patriots' real last test because I'm not on Buffalo. I'm not on, you know, Josh Allen or any of that business. I think the Patriots will win next week. But the Colts this week present a real test and a road test as well for them. Tough environment. I think Indianapolis could squeeze this one out. Just get the win here. Carolina and Buffalo. Poor Carolina. Who knows if Josh Allen will play this weekend due to a foot injury he sustained against the Bucks. But then again, the Panthers have just fallen off a cliff. I mean, they have been so poor recently. Three straight losses. Quarterbacks have not played well. Defense hasn't played well. This team looks broken. Looks broken. Uh, Because of that fact, due to that reason, I cannot pick the Carolina Panthers. I don't care if Josh Allen is playing on one leg or, heck, Mitch Trubisky has to come in for this team. They got Stephon Diggs. Uh, They got somebody who will be able to throw the ball. The pass defense has been good. They'll be able to contain the no threat that's there for Carolina. The last Christian McCaffrey has hurt this team all year long. Buffalo 
who's reeling now seven and six, two losses in a row. I think they finally get back on it, get it back in the win column this week against the Carolina Panthers. The New York Jets and the Miami Dolphins. Miami, another team on a good win streak. I think they're at five games. Started one and seven. Now they're at six and seven. Tua Tagovailoa has been efficient. Hasn't been turning the ball over, which is key. Miles Gaskin, however, they lose Jalen Waddle. COVID hit the Miami Dolphins. No Jalen Waddle. No Jalen. No problem. I'm going with the Dolphins. I mean, it's the Jets. The Jets have had a rough year. Thankfully, not as rough as the Jacksonville Jaguars, but rough nonetheless. I think Miami, the comeback isn't complete, but they come from being 1-7. and seven. They win this week, and they are now 7-7, seven and seven, sitting at 500. I believe the Miami Dolphins will win and put themselves also... In the fringe playoff conversation, even though the road gets a lot tougher after this game against the Jets. Washington football team and the Philadelphia Eagles. The key here is who's going to start for Philadelphia. Is it Jalen Hurts? You know, is he still dealing with his injury? Will uh, Gardner Minshew start? Uh, Taylor Heineke, you know, not going to play, so... You're left in the hands of Kyle Allen. And then Washington also has 21 players on the COVID list, which include Kyle Allen, cornerback Kendall Fuller. I mean, because of all that, how many people are in COVID for the football team? Don't know who's going to be the quarterback. I don't care if it's Gardner Minshew. I don't think he's a great quarterback. I'd rather have Jalen Hurts in the game. But facing, you know, a depleted, depleted football team, I think this is a big game. Both teams are 6-7. and seven. Both teams are fighting for the last playoff spot. This is going to be a game with a ton of emotion. I think the Eagles come out firing. The Philadelphia Eagles pull out a win against the Washington football team. The Arizona Cardinals and the Detroit Lions. Both teams have lost big threats so far rest of the season. TJ Hawkinson undergoing thumb surgery for the Detroit Lions. It just hurts this team who has been hurt so far this year, evident by a 1-11-1 record. But the Arizona Cardinals lose arguably their best offensive player in DeAndre Hopkins. Out for the rest of the year, might return for the playoffs, but he is out rest of a regular season with a sprained knee. So you lose one of your best offensive players. You've already lost one of your best defensive players in J.J. Watt. How do you overcome all of that? Well, you play the Lions first of all. So you can kind of pencil in a dub there and wait for the pen after that game on Sunday. But I think the Cardinals are going to win this game uh, 7-0 on the road. They start on the road faster. And I think this DeAndre Hopkins injury... Is going to rally them for this week. You know, that injury will prove tough when they play the Colts and the Cowboys, Seahawks to kind of finish up your schedule. But at least they got the Lions this week. Like I said, it's on the road. They're 7-0. I think they improved to 8-0 on the road. Kyler Murray, 
who's been a lot better at, on the road than at home, really this whole team. I think capitalize on that Detroit, who has dealt with COVID issues this past week, uh, getting some people back. However, it's not enough. I mean, I would love for Detroit to pull off this upset here on Arizona. I mean, that would be amazing, but I just don't see it with the rosters that they have. Cardinals can clinch a playoff berth if they win uh, today or on Sunday, and I think they can do that uh, and improve to 11-3, and uh, a record that not a lot of people thought they would be in through 15 weeks in the NFL, including myself. Dallas and the New York Giants. I'm sorry, but really... Really, I'm so happy this isn't like a Sunday night. Usually they give these games to me. Dallas and the Giants is a Sunday or Monday night, and I'm so happy this isn't it. Cowboys are going to sweep the Giants, move closer to that NFC East title with a win today or on Sunday. That's what's going to happen. I don't know. I don't care that Dak Prescott isn't playing it 100%, not at the level that he's used to. I'm not concerned with any of that. I still think Dak Prescott playing at his worst level, throwing four interceptions, I still think he can beat the Giants. That's how no faith I have in the Giants, in Daniel Jones or uh, Mike Glennon, whoever it may be. Uh, Looks like Daniel Jones won't play. Uh, I can't give the Giants this win here. I mean, now I said I was going to give the Cowboys three inexplicable losses, and so far they've got two. This would definitely be a third one, but I just don't see it. I think the Cowboys win this game on Sunday. You know, Micah Parsons, my defensive player of the year, I think he can wreck this offensive line for the New York Giants. Tennessee and Pittsburgh. This is, to me, a very pivotal game for both teams. As we look to Pittsburgh... They're 6-6-1. They're on the verge of missing the playoffs this year. Tough stretch to finish out. I think they need a win here. And if I look at the Tennessee Titans, I just want that first round by. I know it's been tough with Julio Jones on injured reserve, Derrick Henry out until the postseason starts. But I want that first spot so I know Derrick Henry can come back, you know, at least for 15 carries in the wild card game. That that's what I want. I need a bank on me winning, New England losing. And to me this starts here in Pittsburgh. It'll be tough. This'll be a game, you know, how does Pittsburgh respond after a tough Thursday night loss last week where Chase Claypool, you know, under fire for how he handled, you know, a celebration at the end of a game, the Drop by Friermuth where, you know, they could have pulled off an epic comeback and they just came up short. That's what they did. Will they come up short? How will the Titans play? Yes, they shut out the Jags, but they haven't looked great recently, uh, you know, since that win against the Rams. You know, shaky against the Saints, uh, then dropped to the Texans and the Patriots. This, to me, is a game of the Titans Want that number one seed. If the eyes are on the prize, this is a game they just have to find a way, a will to win. And this is a tough one 
for them. How do they match up defensively? Uh, cornerbacks, his defense to me, which was so good. Kevin Byard playing so good. They've taken a hit recently. But Ben Roethlisberger, what can he do? Can he step up, make some throws to his playmakers? Claypool, Deontay Johnson, Najee Harris uh, gets involved. You know, I think they're going to have to rely on a heavy dose of Najee in order to win this game. Houston and Jacksonville. This is the loser bowl right here. Just both losers. I mean, I'm sorry. Uh, Houston beat Jacksonville earlier in the year. But I'm rolling with Jacksonville. I'm rolling with Jacksonville. And I can't, I, I sounded a lot confident too. But I'm rolling with them because Urban Meyer just fired. You have Darren Bevel in there, your interim head coach. I think they just play with a fire this week knowing Urban's gone. They come out after what has been a very tumultuous season, but this week has kind of exemplified this whole season. I think they come out and they win this game. They win it convincingly, too. I think Trevor Lawrence has a good day. I think they use James Robinson more. I think this is a big win for the Jacksonville Jaguars and a step in the right direction you know, for next season. Atlanta and San Francisco. 49ers looking at that sixth seed. Maybe eyeing the fifth seed, depending on what happens to the Rams. Uh, I think if you're a 49ers fan, you're definitely rooting for the Cardinals because Cardinals own the tiebreak over you, so there's really no passing them. You can still pass the Rams since you play them one more time. And you kind of have two do-it-all players, which is cool, on playing on this matchup. You have Cordero Patterson, for the Atlanta Falcons, who is, you know, wide receiver, running back. And you got somebody who I think is even better at doing it in Debo Samuel on the other side for the 49ers, who's been running, uh, who has been lining up at running back a lot recently, which sadly has decreased his targets and his receptions and his receiving totals. But he's been tremendous for the San Francisco 49ers. He's been the ultimate playmaker for this team. George Kittle being back two straight weeks of over 150 receiving yards. This is the George Kittle I'm used to seeing. Jimmy Garoppolo managing the game. He had a poor game against the Seahawks a few weeks ago. But he's been better you know, in these games where he can just rely on George Kittle. Just throw it down to him and have George Kittle make a play. I think San Francisco wins this game. Kyle Shanahan playing his former team where he was the offensive coordinator for uh, San Francisco 49ers, win this game to me kind of eliminate Atlanta, and that puts San Francisco right there, driver's seat for a six uh, seed and, you know, in a playoff spot as well. This will be a big win for the 49ers. Cincinnati and Denver. I never know what to expect from Cincinnati. They've loved lost two straight games. I mean, it seems like they go through periods of, wow, this team looks like one of the best teams in the NFL, and they go through periods where it's like, wow, this team looks like one of the worst teams in the NFL. Which team will show up? I think the better team, they're due. I think the Bengals will show up against Denver. Denver's also been hot and cold. They've been able to move the ball, but not score. Last week, you know, you played the Lions, so I'm glad you can convert on your chances there. But recently against, you know, teams like the Chiefs, Eagles, 
haven't been able to beat them. You've kind of been on a win one, lose one streak because of that. This is your time now to lose one. I think they lose this week uh, to the Cincinnati Bengals. I think Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase has a big day. I need Jamar Chase to have a big day. I need him to do good in fantasy. Jamar Chase, I need you. You're like my only hope. You're my Obi-Wan Kenobi. Jamar Chase, please, please torch the young Denver Broncos secondary. Don't drop any passes. Just catch the ball and get a few touchdowns while you're at it. I hope that's not too much to ask. Green Bay and Baltimore. This is a prime matchup right here. On if Lamar Jackson plays. If Lamar Jackson doesn't play, I'm going to just pin this down as a Green Bay win. However, if Lamar plays, he is the X factor. He can, you know, turn this defense sort of on its head, you know, they were able to contain Justin Fields last week, but Lamar Jackson, that is a different animal than Justin Fields. Let me tell you that. Those two players are not the same. Those are not the same players. I think if Lamar Jackson is playing, I know he hasn't played his best recently, but you have to come out in big games. And every now and then, Lamar does do that. This game's at home, too. I expect the defense, which has also been hit by injuries this year, John Harbaugh, terrific coach, to find a way, if Lamar Jackson is in there, to game plan a way that just has him winning the game. Won't be pretty, but they'll do it. However, if Tyler Huntley's starting, you know, that's just a time for the Green Bay defense to feast. And that just makes Aaron Rodgers smile. He'll be up and down the sideline, fist pumping, everything like that, uh, going down there. But what has been the key is the workload between A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones, which is surprising because you just handed Aaron Jones all this money in the offseason. But A.J. Dillon, you know, has led your team in rushing yards, even though he's not really your goal line back. A.J. Dillon's been a really good running back uh, for this team. And the way they're able to split carries, it's added another dimension where A.J. Dillon can really just run it down there. He's a big body back. Uh, but this should be a great game, I believe, if Lamar Jackson plays. If he doesn't play, this probably won't be one I tune in to watch. Seattle and the Los Angeles Rams. Whose house? Rams house. That's where it's at. It's in Los Angeles. You know, Rams have won like three straight games against the Seahawks. Sean McVay, you know, has done pretty well against uh, Pete Carroll. But you just never know. Uh, Can they do it? Seattle, you know, has just won one road game to L.A., you know, the past five years, I just, this is a really tough game for me. Uh, Aaron Donald loves playing quarterbacks like this. We saw him rough up Russell Wilson, you know, injure his finger earlier in the year. He got after Kyler Murray. I think he'll be able to get after Russell Wilson again. And I was confident in picking the Rams. But the Rams have been hit hard with COVID. If OBJ isn't able to go in year, it's just on uh, 
kind of Cooper Cup and Van Jefferson. I know Higby's back, but the defense, you know, will Jalen Ramsey uh, be back as well? I mean, what is going on with this Rams team? This is a game of momentum. Both these teams have momentum. Both have won two in a row. Both have looked good. Russell Wilson has been playing better. Matthew Stafford, again, this to me is more of a true toss-up. And I think it's going to come down to the wire. I do. I think it's going to come down to the last play. Whoever has the ball last, I think, will win this game. Is going to be who's going to make the game-winning drive. Is it going to be Russell Wilson? Or is it going to be Matthew Stafford? I think it's going to be close. I think the defense will keep it in there. Don't think it'll be, you know, a high scoring, you know, 38 35 game. I see it staying low, 24 21, 2017, somewhere in that range. And if it's a field goal, I don't know if I rely on Jason Myers. He hasn't been consistent like last year. Whereas Matt Gay has signed my jersey. Uh, so, not, I don't have a Matt Gay jersey, I have a Matthew Stafford jersey, but he still signed it after the game on Monday. If it comes down to that, I think he's going to put it through the uprights. And then last but not least, Sunday night football, the New Orleans Saints and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Can Tom Brady win his first regular season game against the Saints since he's been at Tampa? 0-3 against Sean in the regular season. Sean Payton has done a tremendous job. Uh, coaching against Tom Brady in the regular season uh, with the defense, uh, you know, stopping a run, you know, confusing schemes uh, to make plays on Tom Brady, whether it's sacking him or, you know, forcing a turnover. They've been good at it. But can the New Orleans Saints do it this weekend, you know, before that win against the Jets? They lost five straight games, five straight I'm glad we were able to get that uh, addition of Camara helps. But I think this will be Tom Brady's first win against Sean Payton of a regular season in a Bucks uniform. Tom Brady, MVP of the league, over 4,000 yards with 36 touchdowns, which I've touched down a lot. He's just that good. Tom Brady is that guy. And I think he also has the number one seed in his sights. That is in the mix. Very much well in the mix. That'll be exciting uh, as well. But this receiving core, Chris Godwin, to me, has been the best receiver on the team this year. And that's saying a lot because Mike Evans is tremendous. Antonio Brown, you know, we'll see what happens with him later. Leonard Fournette running the football. I think he'll get to 1,000 yards on this season which is great for them. He's been the feature back. Uh, and I think Tampa Bay will win it. And I think they'll win it, you know, in a decisive fashion. It's kind of like a late knockout punch where it's close most of the game. I'll give Sean Payton a lot of credit for the way he coaches up this defense. You know, Cameron Jordan on the other side there. I think they make it close. It's close, however... Tampa Bay's kind of controlling the game. They've had the lead, and they kind of just score a score a late touchdown, maybe two, to kind of make it more lopsided than what it actually is. But I think Tampa Bay will be able to beat the New Orleans Saints just due to their offense, and then de- defensively, 
you're getting players back, they're getting healthier, and you know the offense for New Orleans has been very inconsistent. You know you're going to see a different matchup now with Taysom Hill, which the Bucks haven't seen uh, so far this season when they played him, or even last year really. It's been uh, Drew Brees, and this year it was you know Jameis Winston and Trevor Simeon. So now they're getting the Taysom Hill experience. How will they handle that? I think they handle it well. Tampa Bay gets the dub on Sunday night. Now moving on to the NBA. Last night, I was right on both my picks. The first one, the Los Angeles Lakers and the Dallas Mavericks. I picked the Lakers in a close one just because there was no Luka. And man, did the Lakers make that closer than what it had to be. Could never, you know, really pull out in control in this game. You know, had the lead in the fourth quarter. And they went to overtime. Went to overtime. And Austin Reeves. Austin Reeves hit the game-winning three-pointer with like a second left for the Los Angeles Lakers. Westbrook pass to Austin Reeves. You know, what a shot. That was, you know, the Lakers dealing with their COVID issues and such. So Austin Reeves coming off the bench, and not only coming off the bench, but coming off the bench clutch, 32 minutes. He played more minutes than Avery Bradley. He played more minutes than Carmelo Anthony. He was 5 of 6 from the field, which to him was 5 of 6 from 3. All 15 points were made from deep, including... The most clutch one, which was the game winner at the end of the night. Austin Reeves came up clutch. I mean, congratulations to him for the Lakers. You know, this awesome celebration afterwards. You know, LeBron James, you know, was good most of the night. Not great. Same with Anthony Davis Anthony Davis and Russell Westbrook. They were all good, not great. Austin Reeves was great, and that's why they won that game. Overcome a good effort from Porzingis and Jalen Brunson and Tim Hardaway. It was the Los Angeles Lakers. You know, Chris Tapps Porzingis get him a rebounds over AD, which was big. Out rebound of the Lakers, 51 to 48. The key here was the three point shooting, specifically just how poor it was for the Dallas Mavericks. 12 of 44, 27%. Not good for them. They need to do a better job of shooting from the three, even if Luka's in the game. Uh, they'd have to do a better job of that. But tip my hat off to the Lakers for winning three in a row, a game which I thought they were just going to lose, look like they were going to give it up. But they didn't. They win it. Big win for the Los Angeles Lakers. Then the Clippers and the Jazz. I thought the Jazz would win. You know, find a way to beat the team that ousted them last year in the playoffs, the Los Angeles Clippers. And yes, they did find a way to win. I mean, it wasn't the hardest decision. Donovan Mitchell goes for 27 points, 10 of 15 from the field. Rudy Gobert, 17 rebounds. That'll do it as you win eight straight games. I mean, what a streak this has been. This has been the Utah Jazz team that's more like a continuation from last year's regular season team, you know, out rebounding teams, making plays, not having a lot of turnovers as well, controlling the ball, uh, getting points in the paint. I mean, they are doing it all. Balance from a three as well. Uh, 
That's what they need to see. And I think Rudy Gobert, he was brilliant last night. One of the best players on the floor. You know, 20 points, uh, 17 rebounds. Just great. However, will I see this come playoff time? This is the Rudy Gobert I want to see. I've seen regular season Rudy. I want to see playoff Rudy because playoff Rudy hasn't been good lately. Tonight, I'm picking one game. That is the 76ers and the Nets. You know, the 70, or the, my bad, excuse me. The Nets are on a three-game winning streak right now. Can they beat the Sixers? Still have people in COVID protocols. You know, can the 76ers do it? 0-5 against teams in their division. Yes, Brooklyn's in their division. I'm rolling with the Philadelphia 76ers. I think Joel Embiid can do it. I think there's too many injuries for Philadelphia. I think Kevin Durant will have a great game. He's been great all season. However, he cannot do it all against the Philadelphia 76ers. The 76ers come into Brooklyn, into the Barclays Center. They get a win tonight. And a big win, too, because they're sitting there at 15-14. and 14. Uh, Not in the best spot for them to be in. They need to string together a winning streak of some variety. And I think it needs to start tonight. You can do that over a division rival. The best team in the East, Philadelphia, wins the game tonight. Now moving on to the NHL. Last night, I picked the Ducks to beat the Kraken. And no, another one I was right. I was perfect last night in my picks. It was brilliant. The Anaheim Ducks won 4-1. Like I said, Anaheim, best team in the Pacific. Seattle, worst team in the Pacific. And Anaheim just controlled this game. Uh, won 4-1. Like I said, Troy Terry uh, who's been good, had a goal in the second period to put them up 3-0, to zero, which was brilliant. They won 4-1. to one. This was easy going uh, for them. Uh, Stolar's goalie uh, had 19 saves, led in one goal. Just great effort all around by the Anaheim Ducks. And also, a wild finish in Chicago, believe it or not. The Washington Capitals, the Chicago Blackhawks, Go to overtime. You know, it looks like Chicago is going to ice this thing in the second period. They score three goals in 30 seconds. Two of them on the power play. They're up 3-2 to two into the second period. It's into the third now. Washington ties it up 3-3. Three to three. Then to bring it on the power play. The power play was lethal last night for Chicago. It's 4-3. to three. They control it. And who else but Connor Sheary, with three seconds left in the game in the period, scores to tie it up and send it to overtime. The back and forth in this game was brilliant. And a great playoff goal by Caleb Jones, uh, which sends the electric, crazy crowd uh, to their feet. Great win by the Chicago Blackhawks last night. Then college football yesterday, again, was signing day for every team. Texas A&M finished with the number one class, you know, kind of went 
as expected for a lot of teams. Texas A&M got a lot of big recruits. Uh, Alabama, who's always up there, was number two. You had Georgia at three. Uh, Ohio State uh, at five there. But one of the bigger surprises, of course, I talked about it yesterday, was Michigan, who came into the day with not a top ten class, exited the day with a top ten class, I believe number nine, three in the Big Ten, behind Penn State and Ohio State. But I'll take my coaching of Michigan, or I'll take my coaching of Michigan over Ohio State and Penn State with the players that I got. To me, you know, I looked at you know the, the class and you know the recruits that you got, and a lot of them are very similar, except for kind of Texas A&M and Alabama. They got some real players on their side to really reload. Excellent signing day on all sides. Uh, transfer portal getting crazy too. I mean. This, I think, is great for college football, exposing it just more than it already is. Player signing in ideals like Cade McNamara with Tom Brady's uh, apparel brand. I mean, this is just putting college football, I believe, in the right direction. And then you have bowl games starting tomorrow, too, and this weekend. It's officially bowl season. Are they great bowls? Are they games you want to see? No, probably not. You know, the Bahamas Bowl, the Tail Greeter Cure Bowl, not the best. But you do have some good teams, you know, in bowls, which, you know, a lot of them are, you know, you're tied to your conference or wherever you're at, so that's where you get. But a team like BYU, who I thought was really good this year at 13, playing UAB in the Radiance Technologies Independence Bowl, I thought that was a little low for a good team. The Louisiana Raging Cajuns, who went 12-1, and only lost to Texas. They're playing in the New Orleans Bowl right there at home. I mean, San Diego State as well, 11-2. and And the Tropical Smoothie Cafe Frisco Bowl against UTSA. I mean, how did Florida get into a better bowl? How are they in a better bowl playing UCF? Florida's going to get annihilated. I mean, that was just bad by them. Same with Auburn. How they get in a Birmingham Bowl against a good team like Houston? You know... A lot of these, to me, are just shocking. You know, Iowa State and the Cheez It Bowl against Clemson. Iowa State seven and five. You have like good matchups, like Oregon, Oklahoma, the battle of two teams whose coaches abandoned them. The Pittsburgh, Michigan State. You know, even Wisconsin, Arizona State, or North Carolina, South Carolina in a bowl game. Those are all exciting. And you give me Clemson, Iowa State, or like West Virginia, Minnesota. Or Air Force Louisville, it's like there's so many good matchups and there's so many poor matchups. Like Penn State, Arkansas, and come on, you 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 can get me better. I mean, other than the New Year's Six Bowl, and again, does anybody really care about bowl games? You know, other than the games outside of December 31st in January 1st, uh, probably not, probably not. So again, it's officially bowl season. Happy bowling. Of course, I'm looking forward to Georgia, Michigan. But that is until December 31st. That is two weeks away. We are two weeks away from a college football playoff. Semifinal games at the Orange Bowl and at the Cotton Bowl. Then last but not least, I have to just say I am hyped for Spider-Man No Way Home. And I know this is a sports podcast. Talk about sports, but still... Marvel, Marvel's up there for me. Movies are up there for me. 
This is a big one right now. Spider-Man No Way Home. The multiverse. Tom Holland as Peter Parker has been great. Will we see the returns of Andrew Garfield, Tobey Maguire, the villains that are coming back as well. This has just been great. I think the marketing material and campaign they've run for this movie has been good. It's got people engaged and want to see it. Uh, The critics love it. Uh, That all just factors into this being a big movie as we're in a pandemic still. Uh, I think this is going to be breaking pandemic records. And I'm just excited to see this movie, seeing it tomorrow. So, of course, I have to stay off the internet for the next 24 hours. But I'm just excited to see this movie. It should be great. I'm going to give my official top five Marvel movies next week after I see this movie and process it. I don't know where I'd put it. uh, But right now, you know, not going to give an exact order. But my top five, got to say Iron Man, the original OG Tony Stark, the kickoff, that movie's not successful. You don't even have No Way Home or any of the other movies I'm about to say. That movie was great. The jokes hit. It was good for the times, and it was a great start to the MCU. Avengers Endgame. The satisfying conclusion to me, the most satisfying conclusion there is, I'll bite a very sad and emotional one as well. That movie hits on every single cylinder, hits the note just right. The predecessor to that one is also great. Avengers Infinity War set the stakes so high, and the villain wins. Pulls off his plan, but you sympathize with him. I reason with Thanos. I get it. I do. That brings him down to a more human level. That movie was great. Doctor Strange, to me, another brilliant origin story. Uh, one I could probably watch, a lot of people can watch with no knowledge of other Marvel movies and just enjoy sort of a trippy, great graphic uh, shot movie, you know, right there about this distraught doctor making his way, you know, after a crazy car accident. And Spider-Man Far From Home, Mysterio, one of the better villains, I think, in the Marvel Universe of a relationship, what events happen that after Endgame that people have to deal with, and especially Spider-Man himself, Peter Parker, tying that up. Now the sequel to that, No Way Home. This is great. I'm looking forward to it. Spider-Man No Way, Way Home out. So to me, I've got a busy weekend. I've got Kansas City, LA Chargers tonight. i got Spider-Man No Way Home tomorrow. i got two NFL games on Saturday and a whole slate on Sunday. So there's a lot of watching to do. Who do you got tonight? Kansas City Chiefs, Los Angeles Chargers. Anybody think this is LA's season to pull off the upset and get the division? Talk to you all next week. Bye, everybody.